You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Calls now with your home improvement question. We're here to help you get that job done at 1 888 Money Pit, 888 666 3974, because it is fall fix up season. And fall is, of course, all about the great outdoors and ways to extend that outdoor living time. So coming up this hour, we're going to give you some ideas on how you can bring the warmth and comfort of a crackling fire right to your deck and your patio so you can enjoy that space in cooler weather. And also ahead, fall landscaping tips from our friends at This Old House. We've got landscaping expert Roger Cook dropping by with his must-do list for the fall. And shorter days mean more dark hours outside, but it doesn't have to be that way. We're going to give you some outdoor lighting ideas to help make your home brighter and to increase your safety as well. Plus, this hour, we're giving away an Essentials to Fall cleaning prize pack from the fine folks at CLR. Now, you've heard us talk about their products many, many times, and now is your chance to try them out for free. And that prize package is worth $55, but one caller we talked to on the air this hour is going to win. So pick up the phone and give us a call right now. Let's get right to it. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's first? Carolyn, Kentucky has a question about a sink. What can we do for you? Hello. Um, I've got an old, beautiful porcelain pedestal sink. Well, I guess it's porcelain, I assume. Sounds but it's nice. an, an old old pedestal sink, uh, and it's got a hairline fracture. You know, pretty kind of, you know, goes out a couple ways, you know, and it's, a, it's, it's a, you know, very small. Um, you know, I pulled out a piece of my hair and laid it there, and I'd say it's about a, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, like a, hair a, hair, a hair and a half uh, width, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and uh, and about you know, I don't know, you know, uh, a foot long or something, and okay. it's a beautiful. Now, was that thing, with the I, root or without the root? Aww. <laughs> oh, that's sad. No, I didn't go that far. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I'd really like to restore it, and uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I just don't. I assume you can do that. I guess there's people that do that. I just don't know. Well, I, I think that it's not always a good idea to try to refinish those old sinks because the you know the new surfaces that they put on don't stick as well and they don't look as good. I mean, some of those hairline cracks are the character that really makes it what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm, I never thought about that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and that truly identifies it. Okay, so you don't think people would look at that and think, "Wow, she has a, you know, sink with a no, just just pressure. just no, just pick up all the hair, okay, Carol? <laughs> okay. Stop putting your yeah. hair next to it. There are I though. 
Um, I mean, there are products out there. There's something called Porsafix, P-O-R-C-A-F-I-X. It's available at a lot of home centers. It comes in a variety of colors based on manufacturers. That's more for like chips and scratches, but it could work to cover over the hairline. I mean, the proper way to do it, if you were to get a pro to come in, they would dig out around the crack and then pour in new porcelain. I mean, it really is quite an extensive process. So, Oh, really? Yeah. If you feel like it's something you can live with, go for it. If not, I would say try yeah. that, that topical, the Porsifix. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. I only paid $10 for the sink, as beautiful as <laughs> oh. it is. So I might be able to put a little money into it. All right. But I, but I didn't think about just keeping it like it is. So I'll definitely consider that. All right, Carol. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. All right, now we've got Joseph in Virginia calling in with a chimney question. How can we help? Well, I've got uh, a masonry uh, chimney, and uh, I know they got all these new mixtures today, and mm -hmm. I was just wondering if I put the original stuff back in it, or is there something a little more waterproof and uh, would maybe bond a little better to go back in the second time in, the, in that old crack? And another question, uh, do we open it up a little bit so we can get more in and maybe a little deeper, or what do you do? All right, so you have a crack in the chimney? Okay, so here's here's what I want you to do. I want you to use an epoxy patching compound. Uh, you don't want to use straight cement because it's going to fall out. An epoxy patching compound is going to be sticky enough to really do a good job at sealing those cracks. And then secondly, you want to use a masonry sealer. And you're going to use a, probably a silicone-based sealer that's vapor permeable. So that means that the moisture will not be able to get in, but any moisture that happens to be in there or finds its way around it can evaporate out. That will stop it from freezing and cracking. Those two things are the best way to maintain that chimney. And in terms of the leaks, make sure you have somebody get on top of that chimney right at the top because cracks around the chimney top are the number one cause of leaks. Joseph, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Heading up north to our friends in Canada, where we've got Gary on the line. Gary, what can we do for you today? Uh, I got a linoleum floor. Okay. okay. And I bought my wife a bike trainer, and it had these nice things to protect the uh, floor made out of rubber. Aha. Let me guess. <laughs> I knew Tom was going to say that. <laughs> you have a, uh, a, a nasty stain now where that rubber was uh, pressed into the linoleum. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Yeah, what you've experienced here, Gary, unfortunately, is a chemical reaction between the different types of materials that has changed the composition of linoleum, hence the difference in color. In color, yeah. And unfortunately, it is not repairable. It is permanent. How about an area rug? Yeah, now there's an idea. Without a rubber backing. Now, normally we hear the same story when uh, people buy the rubber-backed uh, bath, like bath mats or the little you know, soft mat that goes in front of your kitchen sink where you stand to wash dishes all the time, and they peel yeah. that up after a couple of months and find the discoloration. Um, whenever you put those two materials together, in fact, some of the manufacturers will actually warn against this uh, particular condition. You really have to be very, very careful. But you could use a throw rug. Um, perhaps one that doesn't have a rubber back. Or a <laughs> Sharpie. <you> know, <laughs> or a Sharpie, yeah. Um, and that'll side. But the good news is your wife is in good shape, right? <laughs> She's getting lots of exercise yeah. on that thing. Yeah. Uh, only problem is this is an apartment. Uh-oh. <sighs> so you yeah. could be held responsible for the damage, huh? Yep. Big throw rug, Gary. When Big throw rug. When <laughs> you are moving out and you get that final sort of bye-bye, make sure you yeah. both stand over the stains. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. We are full into fall fix-up, and the holidays are just around the corner. So give us a call with your home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Speaking of holidays, crackling fires are a popular part of any holiday celebration. Well, the winter ones at least. But those fireplaces don't have to be limited to the living room or the den. You can bring your roaring fire outside and even extend the use of that space. We're going to tell you how to do just that. Next. You live in a money pit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the number here at Team Money Pit is 1-888-MONEYPIT. Pick up the phone and give us a call right now to get in on our weekly prize giveaway. And this hour, we're giving out to you one lucky caller, that is, the Essentials of Fall Cleaning Kit from CLR. Now, it's worth $55, and it includes all sorts of CLR cleaning products, including CLR Bathroom and Kitchen, which will take care of your faucets, shower heads, tubs, toilets, sinks, and appliances, pretty much everything in those two rooms. And you're also going to get the calcium, lime, and rust remover for your outdoor siding, bricks, patio, and driveways. Pretty much every fall fix-up project you've got out there, we can help you clean it. And lots more CLR products will be in there along with sponges and scrubbers and everything comes in a convenient carry-it-all container which you can tote with you all over the house as you get your projects done. Going to go to one caller we talked to this hour at one eight 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 Money Pit. Call us right now. You must have a home improvement question to be entered to win. All right, we'll pick up the phone and give us a call. So maybe you're working on something that will help you use your outdoor space all through the fall and maybe even into the winter season, or perhaps you live in a climate where you can use your outdoors all year long. And if that's what you're working on, you know, creating a fireplace outside is going to help you extend those enjoyment hours of the outdoors well through the fall months. You're no longer limited to the living room, den, or even your master bedroom if you're so lucky to have a fireplace in there. Now, your fireplace is becoming the centerpiece of your outdoor living center and there are a couple of ways to accomplish this now you can buy a simple fire pit at almost any big retailer near you and this type's going to be portable so you can bring it into the garage or shed when the weather gets really really yucky outside and you don't want it to get ruined or you can get a more elaborate fire pit which can be custom installed and can even be fueled by wood or gas totally your choice or you might even want to consider something called a chiminea now this is inspired by a mexican wood-burning bread oven and it's usually made of clay and they're sort of like a little potbelly stove with the chimney that comes up out of it. And the great thing about these is that they're relatively small and they're portable. And you can also actually use some of them indoors. But when you use them indoors, you want to make sure that you fill the opening with some gravel or stones and then you add candles. You want to make sure you use them safely. So make sure you check your local fire department codes and make sure that you're doing everything in the safest manner that you can. And then just relax and enjoy a fire. And you can even decide to go all out and have a custom-built outdoor fireplace added to your patio if that is in your budget. Whatever you decide, a roaring fire outside is going to extend the use of your outdoor space for most of the year, depending where you live. There is, however, one downside, especially if you have kids, you need to stock up on the marshmallows, the graham crackers, and mm-hmm. the chocolate. At least you do around my house. And i got to tell you, we use it all. We've got patio heaters. We've got a fire pit. You know, it's a portable fire pit, and the kids really really love it. We've even got uh, some permanent uh, marshmallow sticks around here oh, somewhere so that, the, that the kids use all the time. So it's a real fun activity that definitely can extend uh, your summer well into the chilly, chilly months. 
888-666-3974. Who's next? David calling in from Long Island has a question about his garage. What can we do for you today? Um, I have basically a 50-year-old house with uh, never-painted concrete garage floor. Okay. The floor is kind of sandy and dusty. It's a little grainy on top, cracked. Mm-hmm. So uh, the recommendation from the paint company was to clean it, uh, then with a special emulsifying cleaner, then acid etch it, which I've actually started doing, and then wait till I get a low moisture level and then paint it. I've got garage guard to do that. So I just want to see if that's the plan from your point of view. Well, the cleaning, yes. The acid etching is the first time I've ever heard anyone recommend that. What, what do they hope to achieve with that? Uh, you know, what they claim is it'll remove any latent sanding, open up the pores of the concrete, mm-hmm. and uh, optimize the concrete's ability for the garage guard to, to adhere. adhere to it. So is this the manufacturer that's telling you to do this? Yes. Okay, well, if the manufacturer is telling you to do it, then I think you're okay. My concern would be that whatever uh, latent acid etching material that was left behind might react negatively with the, with the epoxy paint, which is what this garage guard is. Uh, but if they're recommending that be the procedure, then I would have no reason to doubt that. You know, it's obviously very, very important, and you've mentioned it already, that the floor be as dry as possible. And, you know, doing the, the cleaning, of course, saturates it really good. So you have to, you know, let it really dry out there, really dehumidify. You may even want to put a dehumidifier in the garage while it's drying so you get as much of that moisture out of it as possible because, you know, concrete holds a lot of water. And if it's, you know, soaked when you put that down, it's going to cause the paint to delaminate and flake up. So getting it dry is key. Um, the other thing I would tell you is that it's an air cure epoxy, and no matter what they tell you in terms of uh, drying time, you probably want to double it and try to stay out of there because it really takes a while for that stuff to, to really cure. Pat in Washington, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Um, I have a linoleum floor in a bathroom that we hardly use, and uh-huh. I put a bath mat in there that has a rubber backing on it. Oh, you're, you're not a regular listener of this show, are you, Pat? I am. <laughs> but I thought I've heard you say before there's no way to get it off. And I'm going to say that again. What happened? You got yellow stain under it, right? Yeah, it's yeah. chemical, correct? Yep. It it's an oxidation between the rubber-backed uh, mat and the vinyl or linoleum. It's a chemical reaction, and you've basically discolored the floor by doing this, and you cannot get it out because it's not a stain. It's just that you've changed the color of your linoleum from whatever it was to yellow. To yellow. Okay. That's what I thought I heard you say before, but I wasn't 100% sure. You can always try to redecorate, you know, to try to pick up some of those yellows, maybe some yellow towels. Well, what you can also do (laughs) is lay that bath mat around the floor in different areas to create a pattern. (laughs) I think I'll change the floor. You could buy a bigger bath mat, too. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) <laughs> All right, Pat. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Man, how many times have we answered that question? It's funny, you know, we get the calls on a little screen so we know who's calling in and I saw Pat's question and I thought, Oh, Pat's it's not, not gonna, gonna be, be happy, happy with this answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pat, thanks again for calling eight 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 Money Pit. Doug in North Carolina has a tub that's cracking up. What can we do for you? Yes, uh, I have a, a purchase um, early 70s home, and it has a, a ceramic tub in it, and one of the tubs has uh, some cracks in the bottom, uh, leaking, and uh, it's in a very precarious place. It would be very difficult to try to 
uh, replace it. Huh. Uh, just wondered if there's something that can be done to to patch it. Is this leaking around a drain or something? Because ceramic tubs are usually ceramic on steel, and they don't really crack. So where's the leak forming? But no, well, not, maybe I'm mistaken on what it is exactly then. But it's uh, the cracks are in the bottom of the tub, not not around the drain. Huh? They just are in the middle. Hmm. Well, that's very unusual. Um, if you if you do in fact have cracks and you can get to them, uh, you could repair them. Can you get to the back side of it where you see these yeah, cracks? Uh -huh. uh, okay. Well, if you get to the back side of it, I would use auto body filler. Oh, okay. You know, okay. like you pick up at an auto parts store because that's a metal patching compound right there. Just make sure it's clean and dry, and because it's on the underside of it, you don't have to be too pretty about it. You just reach in there okay. and put it on there, and that'll seal it. But I would, I mean, I would take a look because what might be happening is you could have like um, an overflow that's leaking and the water is sort of hugging the tub, running down to the bottom and then dripping off. So it may not be, the cracks may not be where you think or the, the leak, they may not be the source of the leak. Okay. All right. Great. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. All right. Now we've got Julia from Maryland who has a question about molding. What's going on? Okay, I put a product called Pillowway 6 around the exterior molding on my front doors. And when I went to peel it away, the um, pediment, the top part of the decorative molding mm -hmm. over the door, it stripped some of the surface of that molding away. Was this a, a, a paint stripping product? Yes. Okay, and it had a reaction with the uh, decorative molding, which is probably a synthetic and cause it to deteriorate. Is that correct? Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it could have also been that perhaps, is this an older home with older molding? Uh, it's 22 years old, and it's the original molding. Yeah, I think there was a chemical reaction, and probably should have masked it off, but I guess it's a little too late to tell you that. Yeah, so I wanted to know, is there anything, um, I believe it was like polyurethane, and I want to know if there's anything I could put on there to fill in the little surface area that stripped away to so I can paint it. Do you need to sort of rebuild something to bring back a little bit of the character? It, what it really looks like is a bunch of potholes in it. Yeah, I'll tell you what would stick well. Um, auto body filler. Uh-huh. Because it's designed to work on, you know, fiberglass surfaces as well as metal surfaces. Uh-huh. And it's sort of like a putty and it's sandable and you can kind of work it. And so if you have some like potholes there where it's sort of carved out, you can fill it in with that and then lightly sand it, and then repaint it. Oh, excellent. And it's called an automotive filler. Yeah, mm -hmm. auto body filler. You can get it at any you know, automotive store, like a Pep Boys or any kind of automotive store. And that's what I'll try. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Up next, we're going to find out why fall is the perfect time of year for yard work, and we're also going to get the secrets to making leaf cleanup a little easier from our guest, this old house landscaping expert, Roger Cook. So stick around. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. The Money Pit is brought to you by Thermatrue Doors, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. Install a new energy-efficient Thermatrue door today and qualify for up to a $1,500 tax credit. 
To learn more, visit thermatrue.com slash tax credit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Right now on MoneyPit.com, tips for determining whether your front door is energy efficient. There are some quick and easy ways to tell if you're losing energy through a drafty door and some simple solutions as well. Just hit MoneyPit.com and search energy efficient front door. All right. Now we've got Jim calling in from Missouri with a heat pump question. What can we do for you today? Uh, I'm kind of wondering on the heat pumps. Well, I did rate these as that SEER, S-E-E-R. Yes. And what kind, how does that relate to efficiency? And how long would it take to pay back, you know, a 16 SEER compared to a, let's say, 22 SEER? Well, that's a good question. Now, SEER, S-E-E-R, stands for Seasonal Energy Efficiency Ratio, and it's a measure of how energy efficient the heat pump itself is in the cooling mode, by the way. It doesn't measure its efficiency in the heating mode. It only measures it in the cooling mode. Hmm. Now, Anything over 16 SEER is a pretty efficient mm-hmm. unit. It's very efficient. Um, you know, if you can get one higher than that, it's even more efficient. But the question is, what's the return on investment? Now, in Missouri, do you have the option uh, to use anything but an electric-fueled heating system? Yeah. Because, I've got uh, propane gas, too. Okay. Because you're probably better off in the wintertime heating with propane and in the summertime just using a standard central air conditioning system. Because remember, you get a cold winter, that heat pump is only designed to maintain uh, the temperature in your house for the first two degrees below what your thermostat is set at. If it falls below that, the heat pump stops working and it brings up its backup system, which is straight resistance electric heat, the most expensive way to heat your house. So in a cold climate, it's harder to get a return on investment on a heat pump. You're almost better off with a fossil-fueled heating system and a standard, you know, good, efficient cooling system, central air conditioning system. Look uh, at the cooling systems that will qualify you for the federal energy tax credits, and I don't have the Sears on those committed to memory, but you want to make sure that the system you buy does qualify because that will reduce your costs by uh, up to about $1,500 or 30% Mm -hmm. of the cost of the product. I believe 16 and up qualify, being that we've just done the central air. Um, Would this be used, Jim, as strictly supplemental? I mean, Tom, does that make sense if you have a fossil-fueled heating source but yet occasionally need an extra boost? No. Not even? Nah. Wouldn't make sense for that. Jim, I would stick with the propane for heat, and I would not replace my propane option with a heat pump. Okie dokie. Thank you. You're welcome, Jim. Thanks so much for calling us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Well, this time of year can be beautiful. You know, all that fall foliage makes for a very gorgeous view. But remember, there's a reason why they call it fall. That's because all of those beautiful leaves are going to end up falling all over your lawn. Has a lot to do with gravity. Pretty much. Leaf cleanup may not be your favorite chore, but we've got some extra advice on how to make it a little easier as we welcome host Kevin O'Connor and landscaping expert Roger Cook from TV's This Old House. And guys, it is a beautiful time of year, but also one when we really need to get to work. Well, everybody loves fall foliage, especially those of us here in New England, but dealing with the leaves is an annual project that we'd all like to avoid. So, Roger, any tips to make leaf cleanup and other fall landscaping projects a little easier for us? Absolutely, Kevin. I want you to remember that dragging is easier than carrying. What I like to do is lay down a top, 
put all the leaves on it and drag it over to some area of the yard and dump them there. And what you're actually doing is you're creating passive compost. Those leaves will break down. In years in the future, you can go back and use that leaf mold in your garden. Sounds good. Couple other tips for the fall. Keep the lawn mowed low. It helps it with disease, but it also allows the leaves to blow into your neighbor's yard. (laughs) And it's a great time to aerate, fertilize, and seed your lawn. So fall is a good time to plant a lawn? It is the best time. You have no competition from weeds. You get a little bit of moisture due to the time of year, and the temperatures are cool. In fact, I have a step-by-step video on thisoldhouse.com to show you how to get it done. Sounds great. Roger Cook and Kevin O'Connor from This Old House. Great tips. Can't wait to get out there and hit that lawn. Thanks for stopping by. Our pleasure. And Tom, didn't you actually totally replace your lawn a few falls ago? I did. In fact, uh, we totally wiped it out. We did what's called a Roundup Restoration, where we Mm. killed off all of the existing, mostly weeds. You know, weeds, uh, faking it as a lawn just wasn't (laughs) definitely cutting it. Uh, and the grass came up nice and strong, and it was gorgeous. So as Roger said, it's definitely a good time to think about planting some grass. Well, if you'd like to hear more from Kevin and Roger, you can watch them on This Old House, which is brought to you by The Home Depot. The Home Depot, more saving, more doing. And coming up next, we're going to have more ways to enjoy your outdoor space. We've got tips on exterior lighting that can make your home look great and keep you safe as well. That's all coming up next. You live in a money pit. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by Bear Premium Two-Part Epoxy Garage Floor Coating. Transform drab gray concrete garage floors into attractive and functional spaces with a showroom-quality finish. For more information, visit bear.com. That's B-E-H-R.com. Bear products are available exclusively at the Home Depot. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. We've got a two-for-one offer going on. You get the answer to your home improvement question and a chance at winning some products that can help you clean up around your house. Because this hour we're giving away the essential fall cleaning kit from CLR. It includes everything you need for your bathroom, your kitchen, your outdoor furniture, and even your plumbing. The number again is 1-888-MONEY-PIT. All right, pick up the phone and give us a call. We'd love to hear what you're working on and give you a hand with your projects. So now that you've spent a bundle or practically broken your back creating a beautifully landscaped front facade, don't forget to turn on the lights. You know, a well-designed landscape enhances your home's best assets. Now, you can spend a little or a lot depending on what your budget allows, but even just a little bit of lighting can make a huge impact. And outdoor lighting also gives you added security as well as safety. That's right. You want to make sure the outdoor lights are on both motion detectors and controlled by a photocell that prevents the lights from coming on during the day or you'll be in the same situation that I am with my kids leaving lights on at all hours of the day (laughs) and the night and that will help you cut down on your energy bills. 888-666-3974. Call us right now if you've got a home improvement question. Maybe you want to add some lights. Maybe you want to install a faucet. Maybe you want to fix a leak or fix a squeak. All great questions. Pick up the phone right now at 888-MONEYPIT. We are here to help. Jenny in Maine is calling in with a crawl space question. What can we help you with? Well, I seem to have a mold problem on things that are on the floor in my house. Hmm. Uh, Things that are on the floor in your house, like what kinds of things and where is the mold forming? 
Well, when I took my fall shoes out of my closet, I had right. some shoes that were moldy, or okay. I had an old knapsack in yeah. another closet that was moldy. Yeah. Okay, so closets, molding closets is, is, is not unusual, and it's not necessarily because they're on the floor. It's an it's air just circulation there's, thing. There's no air that moves in there, correct. Um, I would try to lower the relative humidity inside the house. You would start in the crawl space. Now, the crawl space has a floor, and the floor is dirt. Uh, no, concrete. It's concrete. All right. Yeah. And what you know? What kind of space? You have enough room to get in there and move around? Yeah, you can't stand up. But okay, it's here's probably... what I would do. I would put some plastic down on top of the concrete floor. This will stop some of the humidity that's going to be evaporating up from the floor into that space. Um, the second thing I would do is make sure that the vents are open all the way around. The third thing I would do is I would make sure that the grating at the outside of the of the foundation perimeter and the gutter system is doing whatever you can to get it to run water away from the house. We want to try to avoid a lot of water collecting against the foundation walls, and it will collect if it's very flat there, if there's no pitch away, or if the downspouts are dumping right there. Because that water will work its way in and under the crawl space. It'll evaporate it up, and it gets into the floor structure, goes through the insulation, and basically raises the humidity. As far as those closets are concerned, you need to get some ventilation in there. You can either add some vents to the closet walls themselves so that you get some air from inside the house circulating in there. You could replace the doors with louvered doors, whatever it takes. Can you just takes. cut the doors down like an inch? Yeah, you could have a gap under the doors as well. But you need to get some air in there. Because that's very, very common in those stuffy, damp places. Because you have lots of mold food, and you have lots of moisture and lots of air. And that's what causes it to grow. Okay, great. That sounds good. All right, All good right, luck with great. that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. All right, Stephen, Kansas, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Our children, who are old enough to know better, left <laughs> a couple glasses on the table. I have water rings now on my oak table, and I was wondering which way is the best way to either cover it, get it brought up, or something. It's not a uh, dining room table or anything. These are tables I made. They're covered with polyurethane, mm -hmm. uh, Spain, as well as... Uh, Finish. All right, Steve, this is what you should try. You want to get like a, a lint-free towel or cloth or t-shirt white. It has to be completely, completely, completely white. And you want to take that towel or that t-shirt and you want that to be dry. And then you want to take an iron and you want to put it on a hot setting without steam, no steam whatsoever. And then take that t-shirt or towel, put that over the ring and then iron over it very briefly with that hot iron, like for seconds. Then lift the cloth, check it out. Do it again and again and again. It absolutely works. Try to raise the grain just a little mm -hmm. bit. Yeah. Okay, thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Steven in Missouri is working on a flooring project. How can we help you get the job done? Yeah, hey, I am putting in an 18-inch tile, and okay. I put it in the living room, lay down a hardybacker board, move it into the kitchen where I'm peeling back the linoleum, and there is already a quarter-inch additional piece of plywood. What okay. I want to know is do I need to pull that plywood off, or can I put the tile right on top of that? Well, there's no reason you can't put the tile right on top of that if the tile is sturdy enough. Now, with 18-inch tile, remember, they don't bend, okay? And if you don't have a really solid floor, you will be a very unhappy camper when they start to crack. So you need to make sure that that floor is rock solid enough to support them with no flex. So the question really depends on what's under that quarter inch, and, and do you have a solid enough floor, or do you have to put uh, you know, a piece of hardy uh, backer in there to give it some more rigidity? The other thing is, did you mention this is going into a kitchen? Yeah. 
All right, so you have the issue of the dishwasher, right? Right. You, you can't tile in the dishwasher because you won't be able to get it out. The tile has to go all the way in the dishwasher. So what I want you to do is to take off the kick plate of the dishwasher, see what the height of the legs are, and try to figure out whether or not you can, you know, take that dishwasher out, tile it, and still fit it back in there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad you gave that heads up because I would have been right at the end of the project. <laughs> and I've got to get this done before my wife has her bunko party. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Now we got you on the right uh, on the right track there, Stephen. Right on. Thanks a lot. Appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. You know, my sister had a dishwasher that died once, mm-hmm. and whoever put the tile in before she bought the house actually did tile up to it. Uh, and I remember yours telling me, "How did you get it out?" We had to take the kitchen sink out, and we had to lift the entire countertop to lift the thing up and out. It was the only way we could get it out and get the new one in. And, and, and dishwashers, what? not light. If it ever dry, if it ever dies again, they're gonna have to do it all over again. Ay, you know? ay, ay. So always important to think about the height of that when you're when you're doing any kind of floor surface in the kitchen. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, are you feeling a chill from your windows and perhaps thinking about replacing them and grabbing some of that bailout money that's available in the form of a tax credit? We're going to tell you exactly what you need to know to make the right decisions next. You're in a Money Pit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Right now on our website, we've got a free bonus chapter of our book, My Home, My Money Pit, Your Guide to Every Home Improvement Adventure. And it's called Your Complete Window Replacement Guide. It includes everything you ever wanted to know about replacement windows, how to choose them, how to make sure they qualify. And it will definitely help Holly with her question. All right, and Holly writes in saying, I'm looking to replace my windows. One thing I keep hearing about is foam-filled frames. Does it make a big difference? You know, Holly, every manufacturer has a set of features and benefits that they tout. And they try to make these features and benefits as unique as possible so that you can't compare them. You know, you've mm-hmm. got one manufacturer talking about foam-filled frames. You may have another one talking about triple glazing. It's very hard for you to compare apples to apples. However, if you know one thing, that actually can become a lot easier, and that is to look for a certain label on the glass called the National Fenestration Rating Council or the NFRC label because it is a consistent labeling system, a consistent set of standards that applies to the NFRC labels that gives you some some numbers that you can compare from product to product that will tell you how well insulated it is, how airtight it is, and and that sort of thing. How so much if you heat look comes in and out. Yeah. If you look for the NFRC label, that's the best way to, to try to compare apples to apples uh, when you're choosing uh, new windows. Mm-hmm. What about an Energy Star label for windows? Energy Star is also good, but again, there's different Energy Star ratings, and it depends on the year of the rating. Uh, if it's the same year, if it's made to the same Energy Star standard as another window, then you're fine as well. Between those two labels, you should be choosing a good product. But don't get thrown off by all of the individual features and benefits, because these are all parts of systems. And so it's it's you know even if uh, another company has foam filled. 
you know, it may not work as well as the first company because it depends on how they put it together. It's all part of a system. All these parts have to fit well together and work to do one job and one job only, and that is to help cut your energy costs and to make you more comfortable in the house. Well, that's two jobs. But they end up to the same thing. <laughs> All right. Next up, we've got an email from Thomas who writes, We recently painted our kitchen cabinets, and now there are spots of paint all over the deck off of the kitchen. <laughs> what is the wow. easiest way to clean the paint? Sounds like somebody had a messy job or stepped in a can of paint. <laughs> it, it sounds that way. I wonder how the paint got from the kitchen to the deck. But uh, we kind of go back to our generic you know, paint removal advice. Um, if it's a deck, I would simply sand it. I mean, frankly, mm-hmm. it's not a finished surface. I wouldn't get into any kind of paint strippers. It gets a little more complicated when you're on a finished hardwood floor mm-hmm. or certainly almost impossible when it's something that's very absorbent. But on a deck, I would just get uh, some sandpaper out there. I would sand it, touch up the stain uh, or the area if that's how the deck was treated and move on from there. Mm -hmm. If it's composite, I'm going to tell you that a little bit of elbow grease will go a long way with like a good stiff bristle brush and maybe even a power washer. Well, the nice thing about composite is you don't get a lot of adhesion. Mm -hmm, True. You should be able to pick it right off. All right. Now we've got one here from Ben who asks, what do you think of a steel roof that looks like a wood shingle? Just trying to get some sort of review before making a choice for our new roof. Totally a stylistic decision um, here, Ben. I will tell you that the new metal roofs are great. They've got low-E coatings on them and actually help reflect the uh, heat of the summer back out. So they can actually be a very cool addition. Uh, they come in a flat seam, a standing seam. You know, they have versions that look like metal shingles. Uh, those are all stylistic changes, but you should know that the new metal roofing is really well-made and a good lifetime choice for your house. More expensive, but lasts a long time. Mm-hmm. And super energy efficient, Ben, and they look great. So good luck with your new roof. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, and we're so glad that you are. The show continues now online at moneypit.com, where you can also search for answers to your questions about how to cut your heating bills this winter. It's all online and free at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 